0: Happy Father's Day, everybody. Praise God for fathers. Let's pray together. On this Father's Day, we want to say Happy Father's Day to you, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thank you for being a good, Good Father. Thank you for setting your love on us before the foundation of the world. Thank you for adopting us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending him to redeem us from our sins. Thank you for sealing us with the Spirit of God who will get us all the way home by your grace father now I would ask that you would help me to unpack your word these are precious words every word in your word is precious beautiful wonderful and so meet us we know that you love to meet us through your words reveal your glorious self so that we may marvel worship be in awe and love you more and more after we meet with you in this word and trust you more and more. Lord, do miracles all over this room. Meet with each person in this room because this text touches on every person that is sitting in this room. And so come now. Help me, Lord. I can't do this apart from you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would have complete rule and reign over me. And give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to believe and embrace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, turn in your Bibles to James. James 5. We're going to touch on verse 12, since I didn't touch on that last week. So we're going to start at verse 12. I'll read read all the way through 18, but I doubt I'm going to get there. Hear the word of the Lord, but above all my brothers... Do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. Heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Bore its fruit. May God bless the reading of His Word. I just want to share with you all that one of the things that has impressed me about your church and attracted me to your church on top of the expositional preaching of the Word of God that I value so highly is your emphasis and your belief in prayer. In prayer. You guys pray all the time. I love it. I've experienced it. I love praying with our staff all the time. I had a chance to pray with the elders on Tuesday night, I think it was. You believe in prayer. That's a great thing. All of your pastors have believed in prayer. And Brother Cliff, I think, has brought in the Fresh Encounter prayer ministry because he believes in prayer. He believes like the early church believed they got together and they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayer. prayer. And let me tell you something. You read through the book of Acts. When they got together and prayed, the place shook. That's, that's what I want. Isn't that what you want? We want this place to shake. We want the Lord's churches all over the world to shake. We want Him to come and meet with us and be with us and empower us and comfort us. Amen. That's prayer. That's prayer. That's prayer. I love Charles Spurgeon. You know what he used to call 700 people that used to pray underneath the sanctuary for the church service? The boiler room. (laughs) The boiler room. And he's right. The Lord used that man mightily in the ministry. Bring people to saving faith in Christ and to edify the saints and exalt His name. Because Charles Spurgeon said prayer is what made me. So we believe in prayer. Amen? We need to believe in prayer, gang. In a day and an age when I wonder if the church has lost confidence in prayer. It's the least attended meeting in the church. It's a prayer meeting. So I'm going to challenge you. Come to the fresh encounters. Come. Be a part of that. The Lord meets with us in a special way when we get together and pray together. So I'm going to encourage you, please come when we have the next fresh encounter. This morning, James is going to call us to prayer. He's going to call us to prayer. It's interesting. In a lot of the letters, even the Apostle Paul, when he finishes his letters, he touches on prayer like Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing. So prayer is everywhere in the Bible. The biblical writers, the apostles, believed in prayer. So did James. He believed in prayer. What we're going to see this morning is he's going to touch on different people in the congregation because he's a good pastor, and he's essentially going to say, Pray. Pray. Are you suffering? Pray. Pray. Are you cheerful? Are you happy in the Lord? Pray. Sing. But it's another word for psalms. Sing and pray. Pray is what I believe he's saying. Are you sick? Call the elders of the church and pray. Are you battling with sin? Get together with one another in the church and pray for one another. Pray, pray, pray. That's what he's after this morning. But before we get there, I want to take a moment. I want to look at verse 12. I didn't get there last week and I was tempted to skip over it and just get to prayer. I'm a thematic kind of thinker, you know? This is to foul me up, Lord. I can't do it. But then I see, but above all. I'm like, oh, man, but above all. That sounds pretty important. So I better touch on that one. So verse 12, verse 12. And I think if I were to summarize this, basically what he's saying is a Christian should be a person of their word. All the time. So look at what he says. This is right after if you remember from last week, he was telling them to be patient. Above all, my brothers, do not swear <clears throat> either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Now, I'm asking myself, what in the world does that have to do with suffering, right? Or praying. we got suffering up before, we got praying after, and My answer? I don't know. I don't know exactly. When I read the commentators, neither do they. Nobody knows exactly, but I think there's probably some hints in here. We know that he cares about the tongue, right? James really, really cares about the sins of the tongue. He just talked about grumbling in verse 9, he talked about other sins of the tongue in this letter, can start forest fires. And here's what I thought. Words really matter to God. Words really matter to God. Including being a person of your word. Being a person of your word. James emphasizes this. But above all, above all, my brothers, sisters, you could translate that as well. Now, some say this has to do in the context of suffering. I'm going to explain that. Others say James is now using this as a hinge verse because he's going to talk about summarizing statements and lead into prayer. Maybe. Could be. But we know that he's pulling this from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's pulling this from the Lord Jesus when Jesus said in Matthew 5, Again you've heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely. You shall perform to the Lord what you've sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King. Do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you simply say is yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. It's the same thing as James is saying in our verse today. Don't swear. Don't swear. Either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, what is he saying? Here's what he's saying. You should not have to invoke God's name to back up your promises because you're so untrustworthy. I swear. I swear I'll do it this time. I swear I'll make it. My mind went right away to Father's, it's Father's Day. Son, I'll be there. You're never there. It shouldn't be for a Christian. Or, you make promises and you justify them by crossing your fingers, something deceptible like that. That's what's actually behind this. This is interesting. This is interesting. This whole thing about swearing by earth, by heaven. You see, the Jews, they would not swear by God's name. You know why? More Binding. They have to be bound by that. So what did they do? They came up with, I swear to heaven, I swear to earth, swear by the temple, swear by the head. They, they figured they could break that. Not as binding. And so what's James and Jesus saying? Here's what they're saying. God made them all. God made the heavens. God's the Lord of the earth. God numbered every hair that you have on your head. You swear by those things, you swear by God. And you shouldn't have to swear by any of those things because you should be a consistent person of your word in everyday life. That's what he's saying to do. Now, this doesn't, this might confuse you, this doesn't mean that every oath is prohibited. It doesn't mean that. The Lord Jesus himself spoke under oath at his trial in Matthew 26. They asked him, The high priest, literally, to swear an oath on God's name. Here's what they said. I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you're the Christ, the Son of God. They didn't really believe this. And so they're asking him to swear on God's name. And you know that he does. He never lies. He tells the truth. He says, you said so. He's implying, you said so because it's true. And I tell you, you will see the Son of Man. I love it. I love it. Don't you love Jesus' answer? He's going to come back with power and great glory. The Son of Man. Yeah, the one you read about in Daniel. Yeah, that's me. And then they tear the robes because they know what he's claiming. I'm God. I'm the Son of God and I'm coming back. So not all those are prohibited. The Apostle Paul, even in some of his letters, he would call God as his witness. He would say that to the Romans, to the Corinthians. God is my witness. He's my witness. That I'm trying to get to you. Or I'm praying for you all the time. That's what he said in those letters. God is my witness. He's just trying to tell them God knows, God sees. You don't. You're not with me. But he's my witness and I'm doing it for you. So not all oaths are prohibited. You take oaths and vows, don't you? If you're called to jury duty, you you have to swear an oath you got to do it. you got to sign contracts at the lawyer's office. So not all oaths are prohibited. The point is, Christians in everyday life, we should be people of our word. We shouldn't have to swear to anything, right? We should be so consistent. Our yes is yes. Our no is no. I tell the truth. You can trust me. Now that doesn't mean there are times in how many of us in here Know that there are times when we have to call somebody up and say, I got caught in traffic. Stuff came up. Somebody died. I got too much work to do. Anybody? Yes, give some grace. Give some grace. But consistently, we need to be people of our Word. That's what a Christian is. That's what a Christian is. Now this last phrase a little scary to me you see this here that's your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation condemnation Jesus said it comes from evil or the evil one so what is this evil condemnation Judgment, that's the Greek word for condemnation. So I'm asking myself questions. You read the Bible, do you ask questions? Do you do this sometimes? (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean, Lord? Is this eternal judgment, condemnation for unbelievers? Or is this judgment for rewards? I think the answer is yes. (laughs) I think the answer is yes. So that you may not fall under condemnation. Now when a believer hears this, you know what a believer does, right? They check themselves. They said, oh man, how am I living? This is what a believer does, a true believer. It's what they do because the Holy Spirit's inside of them, right? Spirit's inside of them. And so when the Spirit inside of you hears something like this, you evaluate your life, and if you're doing it, you repent and you work on it, right? Amen? Praise Him. Praise Him. So yes, this can have an element that Jesus, just like with grumbling, is going to come back. He's going to hold us accountable for every careless word, including these words. And he's going to judge us for reward's sake. However, I also think that words really reveal who we are, whether believer or unbeliever. Jesus said in Matthew 12, and these are some these are some tough words. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Every careless word. (laughs) You speak, and then he says, for by your words, you will be justified. You'll be justified, declared, proved, whether or not you're a Christian, if you live consistently like a Christian, spoke like a Christian, kept your word like a Christian. Not all the time. You guys know, good grief, we still have sin, right? We're still fighting, we're still killing sin. That's the difference, though. You're still fighting, you're living trustworthily as much as you can. Those words are going to justify you on it. They prove that you're a Christian. Your words prove that you're a Christian. And you're justified before Him, declared not guilty, covered in the blood of the Son. You're a true Christian. And then He goes on to say that by your words, you'll be justified, but also by your words, you will be condemned, condemned, condemned. And I think He means eternal hell. You're going to prove by your words. You see, when people out there, people that don't have the Spirit, when they hear words like this, they don't give a rip. You lie. You cheat. You deceive. They don't really care. Do you remember those days when you were a believer? You justify. You get around. Everybody does it. I didn't hurt anybody. If you live consistently that way, and you think consistently that way, then the Spirit's not in you. You're not a believer. And so I think that's what Jesus is after in that text. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Now, here's where this might apply. Because we're talking about suffering people. Suffering people. And so, when he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, he might be saying, in your suffering. Because it can be tempting to say something rash. Make rash vows. Bargain with God and other people. And instead of doing that, what should we be doing in our suffering? That's where we're going. And James says, pray. <laughs> pray. You happy today? Sing. If you're sick, call the elders. If you're fighting sin, pray with your brothers and sisters. Confess. So he's hitting every one of you in this auditorium, gang. You're either suffering, happy, sick, or fighting sin. Every one of you would raise your hand, including me. Maybe you're dealing with every one of these. But let's take them one at a time. The first group, first group, He's going to talk about the sufferer and the one who is happy. And so, for the one who is suffering, he says, pray. Pray, and I think he means for yourself. Look at verse 13. Is anyone suffering? Anyone among you suffering? That's my question to you. It's my question to you. And I put a line in there for you to fill out. Is anyone among you suffering? Suffering. Now, you you might ask how? What does this mean? Because he says sick in the next verse. Is that different than suffering? This suffering, right here in this text, means any kind of suffering. And you know this from chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Right? Various kinds. So this is all kinds of suffering. It could be the rich people taking advantage of you like we have seen. It could be suffering from persecution like we saw with the prophets. It could be suffering suffering physically and emotionally and spiritually like Job did. So my question to you, my brothers, my friends, my sisters, are you suffering in any kind of a way? Depression, anxiety, cancer, any kind of physical ailment, suffering from the loss of a loved one. Write it down. I would encourage you. Put it down there on paper and hold this before the Lord. I'm suffering in this way, Lord. And then the question is, what do I do about this suffering? What do I do? Pastor James, what do I do? He is He answer. One answer. One answer. And it's different from what I thought many people would say or even the counsel I would give. <laughs> My knee jerk. Go to the doctor, man. Get a good counselor. Take a walk. Clear your mind. <laughs> Get out of the circumstance. James doesn't answer with any of those as, as far as what to do first. He says, pray. Let him Pray. And gang, it's one word in the Greek. He emphasizes this so much. It's just just pray. I thought to myself, how's that for a $100 counseling session for one hour? (laughs) Pray. Now, he would never discount those other things. Don't get me wrong. He would never discount a good biblical counselor to walk alongside of you or a good biblical friend or even to go to the doctor if you have to go to the doctor. He would never discount that. I think he's after the knee-jerk response that we should all have. To pray. To pray. And not just to pray once. This is present tense. Keep praying. Pray. Pray until you pray, the Puritans used to say. Keep praying. And I thought to myself, I know what he's talking about here. I had to do this in my depression. I'm doing it now with the things that I'm suffering with. And if I don't do this, gang, I will die. I will go AWOL from the faith. Pray. Keep praying. And I know some of you have been suffering so long, like Job, that it gets hard, doesn't it? I've been praying all week long. Lord, give us the strength to keep praying, to keep coming to you in prayer. And brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, you you want to know how you get through it? You keep praying Him. He's carrying you. That's why you're still praying. Praise Him praise Him. Now, my next question was, pray what? Pray what? James, you don't tell us what to pray in here. And so I thought, pray biblically saturated prayers. Biblically saturated prayers, gang. This is the only thing that's eventually going to set you free. Jesus said, the Son of Man sets you free. You will be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I think he's talking about initial salvation there, but this can apply. Pray the Word. You've got to have a deep reservoir of the Word written on the tablet of your heart if you're going to go through something. So make it a point to memorize and know the Word of God. Brothers and sisters, however you're suffering, if you're suffering against the devil, you're fighting the flesh, it's against persecutors, Pray. Pray the word. How did Jesus fight the devil? How did he fight the devil? It is written. It is written, devil. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Three times it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written. Serve him and him alone. It is written, written, written. You've got to know the Bible. People coming at you. Remember last week. I will vindicate you. The Lord is at hand. I'm coming back. Great is your reward. Isn't this what Jesus said when people persecute you, slander you, call kinds of f- false things against you because of my name? Say, great is your reward. You have to do this when you are praying and suffering. You got to. And then you got to submit yourself under the mighty hand of God and His providence over all things. Amen. It's for good. It's for my good. You're working all things for good, Father, for those who love You, for those who are called according to Your purpose. All the things that suffering accomplishes. I know I read holiness. Count it all joy. It's going to mature me. Testing of your faith because He's re- refining you. That's in Peter. Jesus learned obedience through suffering. If it we're not for suffering, I would have gone astray. The psalmist says, you got to pray these things. you got to pray these things. And remember that God is over all things. Not even a sparrow falls to the ground. He's working out all things according to the counsel of His will. And He will lose not one of you, but He's working in you through this suffering. Amen? He is. Now, it might not feel like it all the time. might not feel like it all the time. Anybody been there? Feel like heaven's just bolted shut? Where are you? Do you see? I'm hurting. Guess what? That's in there too. That's in the book. Go to the Psalms. It's everywhere. Why do you hide your face? I'm hurting here, Lord. I'm drenching my couch day and night with tears. Blackness is my darkest friend, or darkness is my blackest friend. I forget how it's on 88. Ends. It ends that way. It's like one of the few Psalms that really ends dark. He's hurting. So memorize. Memorize these psalms. When you're in suffering, it is so important to memorize these psalms. Go to Psalm 6. Go to Psalm 13. Memorize these. Make this a part of your experience and take them to God because that's what He wants. He wants us to go to God with our suffering and to cry out to Him, how long, O Lord, how long? He wants us. He's a Father who is for us. Amen? And... Don't be afraid to ask for healing or circumstances to change. Don't be afraid to ask for those things. But he may say no. He may say no because he wants to change you in those circumstances and take you deeper in the faith. And that's what it requires. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask him for anything. And also for some of you who are walking with sufferers, can I just... Encourage you not to be like Job's friends. Just walk with them and listen at first. There will be a time when you can speak truth, these truths into their lives. Amen? But you may not know why they're suffering. They thought it was sin. What'd you do? <laughs> he was a righteous man. So be careful when you're walking with a sufferer. Now, next, he says, what do you do when you're happy? You're cheerful. He says, Sing. Sing. Sing praise. Sing praise. I love this. Sing praise when you're thinking about God and all of His glorious benefits. You know when I sing? I sing when I think of Ephesians 1. It just makes me sing. When I think about God, the Maker of heaven and earth, choosing me. Before the foundation of the world. Not because of anything in me. Just because He set His sovereign love on me. He knew me. He chose me in Christ. Then it goes on to say He predestined me in Christ. And He adopted me in Christ. And then He sent Son to redeem me in Christ. He wanted to make me sing. That's why Paul, that's all one sentence. He's going like this. To the praise of His glorious grace is what Paul says So when you're riding high with the Lord Jesus Christ, sing. Sing praises to His name. I don't think he means sing Beach Boys or Justin Bieber either. (laughs) Know some songs. Songs we sang this morning. Learn Sovereign Grace songs. Man, they're my go-to. Some Getty songs. Some good old hymns. It is well right how deep the father's love know those songs sing don't be afraid to sing anywhere don't be surprised if you hear me walking around these halls singing i love to sing all the time sing in a shower gang sing in your car sing praises to god for all of his benefits both physical and spiritual everything good has come from the cross sing so we've dealt with the sufferer pray happy sing now he's going to deal with the sick what do you do if you're sick he says call the elders of the church verse 14 is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the lord now there's a ton of questions in here starting with the sick and the oil and all this kind of stuff so i'm going to try to address this but here's the first question i had what is this kind of sickness really mean? Because some say this is spiritual sickness. Others say it could be spiritual sickness and physical sickness. Others say it's just physical sickness. So which one is it? My answer is this. It's mainly physical. I believe but it can also affect the spiritual state of a person. We are embodied souls. We go together. We're a mixture, right? We're a mixture. And some people say spiritual because this word sickness can mean weak. You can translate it weak. And they say, see, that's weak. That's weak spiritually. That's weak mentally. That's weak emotionally. But when the Bible typically talks about that kind of weakness, the author's going to tell you, Paul, in Romans 14.1, says, as for the one who is weak in faith. Weak in faith. So he just tells you flat out, you're weak, you're weak in faith. And again, I think it's physically sick because this word is used a lot in the Gospels when Jesus healed. Physically. Physically. Now, here's where I have to be honest. I kind of wish it was only spiritual. Get us off the hook for why the charismatics come after us, right? People lack faith. I hope to have an answer for that biblically when we get into this about oil and prayer of faith so what should they do he says call the elders have them pray over you look at what he says again is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church let them pray over him isn't it interesting he doesn't say go to the faith healer call the elders call the elders the spiritual leaders in your church spiritual leaders they are the ones who devote themselves to the ministry of the word and prayer They're the ones who oversee your souls. The elders. The elders and pastors. Let me do just a quick little word study for you. All these words mean the same office. Shepherd, pastor, elder. They're all the same office. They're used interchangeably in the Bible. So, a pastor's an elder and an elder's a pastor. So, call a pastor, call an elder. We're all the same thing. And we'll come and pray for you now. Now, I think this seems to be a person who is so sick that he physically can't come. He can't get here. Look at what it says again. Let him call for the elders. Let him call for the elders to come. I think that's what he's saying. He's so sick he can't make it out to the church. And then he says, pray over him. He's in bed, he can't get up. That's what I'm seeing here. And then we see the next verse, the Lord will raise him up. So I'm seeing somebody who is really, really sick. Bedridden. Now that doesn't mean we're not going to pray for other people <laughs> in the church. Please, can you gather the elders and pray for us? Of course. We'll do it every time. We'll do it here. We'll come to your house. Even if you can sit up, we'll definitely do it. We love to do that. Call us. I'm speaking for myself now. I haven't been with the elders all that much. But I think these guys love you. They'll do it. I've done it all the time. Pray for people right in my office. Go to their home. Not necessarily bedridden, but there is something here. That James is telling us that this person is so sick, call them, get them to your place to pray over you. And yes, mainly physical, physically sick, but I gotta tell you, gang, 20 years ago, when I was clinically depressed, I could barely move. So if that's you as well, call us. Call us. James is telling you to call us. And really, it's God calling you to, telling you to call us. This is His word. Call the elders. Pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Anoint with oil. Oh, boy. (laughs) I've done it when people have asked. There's other brothers that won't do it at all. And there's other brothers that will do it every time. (laughs) Let's see if we can figure this out, maybe. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord anoint him with oil we see it one other time in the book of mark they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. this is the disciples ministry so what was this oil for some say it was medicinal like the good samaritan right put oil and wine on the man's wounds some say it was medicinal i don't think that's what it means it's the prayer of faith that actually saves the man the lord raises him up not the oil That's why I haven't been forceful in requiring oil. But I can see why other pastors and elders, they do this all the time. Oil. Oil, I think, in the Bible, means a couple of things. It is symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit coming on a person and healing them and making them well. Oil in the Bible you see being put on somebody to consecrate them, put them aside for God's special attention and care. I like that image, don't you? Lord, we're bringing this person before you, anointing them with oil. Turn your gaze right here. Look at at them right here. This is who we want you to look at, Lord. We're lifting this person before you. We're going to pray for them. I like that image. I like that image. For you Catholics, I'll just say, this isn't last rites. The Lord raises this person up. This isn't for preparation for death. So anoint the person with oil. And the prayers of the elders are focused on next. You see this? Not the sick person. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. He will be forgiven. He'll be forgiven. Now this opens up a whole can of worms. What is this prayer of faith? That's going to save. Save mean. save can mean both spiritual and physical. It's so interesting how James uses these words. Again, I think it's mainly physical, but it can have a spiritual intent behind it because the two can go together. I think of Jesus when He healed the lame man at Bethesda. You remember that? He healed him physically and then He met him later and He said, hey, repent of your sin or something worse may happen. So the two can go together. But again, I think it's mainly Mainly physical. Now, let me just say this. I have a minute or two. Let me just say this. Is it the Lord's will to heal every time? I don't think it is. Or He would have removed Paul's thorn. Or Trophimus, who was sick at Miletus in 2 Timothy 4, he would have healed. or. Epaphroditus, he was sick and ill in the book of Philippians. You remember this? And I I bet Paul prayed for them. And you can't tell me that the Apostle Paul lacked faith. I just think that it's not God's will all the time to heal. Peter even says if it's God's will for you to suffer, he writes that in 1 Peter. So I don't think this means that God will heal every time. I think it means if it's God's will, He will heal. Because we all agree in this room that nothing's impossible with God. Nothing. He sustains the universe by the word of His power. Good grief. He just think it healed. And Some take this to mean the gifts of healing. Sometimes the Lord will give to the elders as assurance that He's going to raise this person up. Maybe, could be. Some interpret it that way. I'll take it. I even heard a Presbyterian say that that happened to him. So, we don't put God in a box, do we? I think I'm going to I'm going to save the rest. I'm going to save the next conversation. He talks about prayer, the relationship between sin and sickness for next week, and we'll get into the example of Elijah. But to recap what we've seen so far, what does he say, Pastor James? If you're suffering, pray. Pray for yourself. If you're happy, sing praises to the Lord. He's pushing Because you can forget the Lord in good times. He's pushing those people to the Lord always. And if you're sick, call the elders. Call the elders. Next week we'll talk about praying with each other and confessing sins. We have a baptism to get to. But let me pray first, and then I'm going to explain baptism to you. Father, we thank You. We thank You again for Your Word. Oh, this is so applicable, Lord. If there's anybody in here, give them the power through the Spirit of God to pray Your Word, Lord. That is like a hammer, a balm, a comfort for sufferers. And Lord, help us to sing and rejoice. Be filled with the Spirit and sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs unto the Lord. And Lord, if there's any that are sick among us that might even be bedridden now and hearing our voice, I pray that they would call us. We would come in a heartbeat and pray over them. And then Lord, we just rejoice. We rejoice in the baptism that we're about to witness. placing their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who commanded His disciples to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we thank You for this. Pray that You would bless our time now. We ask in Jesus' name.